1: Jay here for Full Time Devils. This is the Full Time Devils podcast. I think we're up to episode 28 now. So we're going strong. We appreciate everyone for tuning in, listening, rating us on iTunes, and all that good stuff that you guys do. It's much appreciated. Joining me today, we've got no Adam McCullough, by the way, but I'm stepping in, and we've also got Webby. He's joining us. United Webby. Morning. Good morning. Um, also making his it's not your full time devil's debut, is it Rick? It is really, yeah. Rick, I would say so, Rick yeah. the Red. Anyone that anyone that's been old Trafford over the past I'll check every Alright, oh, he's saying <laughs> four <laughs> Red, He's a prominent United fan who's been yeah, he's yeah. been all over the world watching the Reds and getting behind him. And make it's not your debut, is it as well?
0: Yeah, it is
1: debut. It is debut here. the debut yeah. season. This is like the class of ninety two this. Um join us is Ryan from Stretford Paddock.
0: How are we doing?
1: I'm alright. Cheers for having us here. Yeah. Has Stephen Alston let like, you out for a bit? He has, yeah. How's he treating you? He's alright. You don't have to lie. No, no he's. <laughs> Tell <totally> the <laughs> truth.
0: No, he's the boss, honestly. He's fine.
1: That's actually like. He's <laughs> really screaming all. Yeah, be. Uh, well, where's, where's the milk? <laughs> um, Webby <we're laughs> and Rick were on Stephen House's podcast yesterday, so they're doing a little talk. Yeah. So, um, if you, Yeah, if you want to book them in, just <laughs> a couple of brews, that's all they need, and a bus pass. They'll come and sit in your living room and tell you uh, all about Manchester United. Put you, yeah. Straight? What, yeah, what you but straight? You're straight. Yeah, put you straight. Yeah, tell you that. You're not wrong. Um, right, we're going to get into it. First, we're going to talk about is um, the Arsenal game. Arsenal obviously, United, Arsenal came to United last night. At the time of recording, um, it was Monday night and we drew 1-1, Somnay with the opener, um, Aubameyang, Aubameyang with an equaliser, quite a controversial, linesman flagged, a couple of players stopped, he scored, he counted. Um, Webby, I'll start with you, what did you make of Monday night's game? I just thought it was uh,
2: two teams, what, I don't know, we wanted to win it more, I think Arsenal was happy with the point the way they set up, You know, for me they took their best attacking player off, you know, they've not beat us at Old Trafford for years, but I heard some of the Arsenal fans comment saying it's probably one of the worst United teams seen. I think it's one of the worst Arsenal teams I've seen, you know. And they spent a few quid. Didn't realise that Pepe was on until he went off, you know, when they spent a lot of money on him. Just disappointed because I thought we had enough chances to win the game. You know, their keepers made a couple of great saves. Uh, big game moving on to Sunday now. You know, it's a must-win game, simple as that. It's a six-pointer at Newcastle. You know, it's that, but it's... We should have won, but tommy has got a score to score the head on, you know, if he heads it down it's a goal. Rashford's unlucky with a free kick, but it went having a little dink onto the other side, you know, the keeper can't move and it was right on his side, so point's a point, but I'm
1: disappointed. Rick, would you say that's a fair assessment to relatively average United Arsenal signs and a point was a fair result, or do you see it differently? I think a point was a fair result. I
3: think we probably shaded it overall. Um, uh, something that, that not, no disrespect, Webby, but I've heard lots of people say, things, say this before, that, that, that the way they set up, they were happy with a point. I think a lot of fans don't realise that sometimes when a, when a team's set up like that, they think that's their best way of winning. They, You know, their target is to stop you from scoring and they know at some stage they're going to get a break. So I've heard heard a thousand fans down here say they're they're happy with a point here, they're settling for the point, they're playing for the point. They're not, they're playing to win. But that's the way they think they've got the best chance of winning.
1: I get where you're coming from with that that tactic and I do agree with you. Do you think though, the only reason I, I, because I was guilty of saying they were happy with a point, I thought they seemed to do a little bit of time wasting, a little bit of play acting. It was almost, I felt they... I don't know, they were doing a little bit more shithousery. It like we were, were sort I, of made me think they were happy with a point whereas we were trying I get to get the your point. Going. I
3: get your point, Jay, but even when these teams are... Um, I remember as far back, probably Ryan won't, I remember as far back as, uh, as Greece winning the European Championship and throughout the tournament they killed time and played for time throughout the tournament just knowing that if they get one chance... And they ended up winning the European Championship. They didn't have an attacking thought in their mind. And they wasted time from minute one in virtually every game. They just know, these, these t- tacticians just know that if they can keep a clean sheet, which means killing time, by the way, they've got a chance, even if it's in injury time.
1: I read a great article, if you get a chance to read it, I think it was in the Guardian or the Independent, about when Gerard slipped, Yeah. when Jose took Chelsea to Anfield. And there was all this momentum. Liverpool had won something like nine games on the spin. Everyone thought the title was on there. On the way. And Jose had a depleted team because he had a game in Europe. I think he had, um, I can't remember, he had in goal. He had someone like Schwartz or someone in there. And Schwartz was quoted, or whatever it was, was quoted, as Jose said to them, if two of you would come in at half time, look, at least two of you have not been booked for time wasting at half time, I'm going to be <laughs> fuming. He said, the first goal kick you get, I want you to wait, and then I want the left winger to wait, put his hand up, and come and take it. So yeah. like yeah. to take ages to get yeah. to the yeah. Yeah. to the ball yeah. to take it. And I said I want you to waste it. and like and he yeah. did and it worked because obviously Liverpool got frustrated. Slip, yeah. Chelsea yeah. scored and we know the rest yeah. is history. Yeah. Um, right now, do you see? Do you think it was as as Rick said that that was their tactics <coughs> and fair enough? I think as Webby said it was just too bang every size. Or do you see that United I agree agree with of,
0: agree with both of what um, what they've said? I think the main thing for me personally, I was coming out the ground and I wasn't bored like I have been. For the Rochdale game yeah, sure. and the Eastbourne game, because so honestly, those two games were just absolutely bored out of my brains. The atmosphere was dead, with nothing on the pitch to get you excited. At least last night, it wasn't good enough, but you're still coming out going. At least we played a bit. We did it like um, you just said there. We did get the chances. somebody with the header. Rashford had a few. I think he hesitated. I think he's really low on confidence in the minute of Rashford. But I agree again. Shit, Algerie in the first ten minutes with time wasting their keeper. Uh, but yeah, the main thing, he wasn't bored, but it doesn't really change anything in the grand scheme of things.
1: Um, I want to pick up on something you said about Marcus Rashford. He was getting a lot of stick. He's been getting a lot of stick for about, I'd say about at least a year. Yeah. Um, which, I, you know, I've said this many times and I'll say again, I'm a big Marcus Rashford fan. I think he gives his all and I think... I think he will have a good career at Manchester United and I think if people forget how young he is and how many games he's played and all the rest of it, and he's played when he's, he's injured, where do you stand on Marcus Rashford? Because people are being very critical of him now and I'll, let, I'll go around and let you all get in on this. Um, we know that he had a, a, a sort of decent chance last night, he sort of got caught under his feet, I think, a little bit, which he's been accused of in the past. Yeah. Do you think he's good enough? Do you think he's 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 fit enough? How, how do, you, do you think he's a striker? How do you see it? I'll start with you, right.
0: I think the frustration with Rashford isn't just Purely on him, I think it's just a frustration at the team as well, and I think a lot of the chances—they're not even chances that he's had really. They're not clear-cut ones. He's not exactly taking it around the keeper and missed it. It's been half chances, which he has hesitated at, and I think a lot of the criticism is mainly online. I don't think it's well—not not where I'm sat in the ground anywhere. I don't think it's massively in the ground. The criticism that he gets, obviously, you get the odd moaning, groan, but that's with any player. I think it's mainly online. Um, in terms of whether I think he's good enough. I don't know if he's an out and out number nine in terms of like a Rude Van Nistelrooy type striker. I don't think he's that. This season, I think we've seen the best of him out on the left and Marshall through the middle. Well, obviously, with the injuries that we've had, that hasn't been uh, possible just at the minute. So, my stance on Rashford is at the end of the day, like, he is a young player and people going about James being a young guy. if he makes a mistake, it's alright. If two hands makes a mistake, it's right. I mean, they're the same age. Like, it's not, the only difference is with James is that he's been playing in the championship, and it shouldn't really be an excuse for a professional footballer. But I think Rashford, like, I agree with you, I think he can go on and have a good career at United. But the criticism it is a bit overboard most of the time. Uh, I'm waiting for this. I, I'm, I'm
2: <laughs> not a Rashford
3: fan at all. I'm not. He, uh, some of the things I've heard Ollie say recently make, make me laugh if I'm honest.
1: Like, what, what yeah,
3: I've, I've heard him say. I've heard him say in an interview. That that we're working on his finishing in training, you know. Man United shouldn't be having a striker. Look, I know he's young. I know he's young, and I, I understand that he's not naturally a centre forward. He's not naturally a guy who goes in and get and gets on the end of crosses. Um, for example, if I've looked up loads of stats, I do about all players. Um, he's got he's got a header on his debut at Old Trafford against Arsenal. You know, I know he's played plenty of games on the wing, but he's played plenty of games at the centre forward as well. He's not scored with a header at Old Trafford in the league since since that header. In fact, I don't think he, no. In fact, he hasn't scored a header at Old Trafford. He has he has done a couple away from home. He's not scored a header at Old Trafford since his debut against Arsenal in any competition. You've got to do better than that. If you are going to play at centre forward, he doesn't. He just doesn't get across the centre centre half. He doesn't get to the near post. If he's at the back post, he needs loads of space. He, he can't beat somebody in the air. He just is not a centre forward for me. I am not a Marcus Trash. For and you ask me what what he said, he's actually stated that they, they get him, they're working on him in training, trying to get him on the end of these chances. Man United should be should either have or buy a centre-forward who already does that, who naturally knows what to do. Somebody who can do that and get you 20-odd goals a season. I don't see Marcus ever getting us 20-odd goals a season. I just can't see it.
2: Libby? uh, Obviously, right, what both the lads said there, but for me, if he's in the team, he's he's more effective on the left-hand side with Martial or whoever down the middle or just like... I just don't see him scoring those goals. He for me he gets bullied by centre and half. You know, last night there was a ball over the top and the centre half took the ball off him. He was lying on the floor, you know. And then he gets up and I'm thinking, You shouldn't be doing that. You should be you should be giving it him back, the, the big Greek lad he had at the back. You know, when he was nothing in and I just think like I said, when he went through last night and he won't score. You know, he had time if it's instinctive, then he might have a better chance, but he's got time to think. Then I think he gets all confused and
3: he panics. Uh. Can, I, can I bring up the one at West Ham while you're on about that, Webby? Yeah. He, 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 I mean, he is better playing from the left, but he actually was... He, I know he was playing at centre-forward at West Ham, but he got a chance in the first half. Was it the first half? Yeah, it was the first half. Um, where, where he managed to nip, <coughs> nick it over the right-back's leg and he was in from the left, which yeah. is a good position for yeah. him. It's a great position for Anthony Marshall, by the way. Anthony Marshall comes in and, and rolls it under the keeper. You know, I've seen him do that loads of times. Rashford's not got quite the same coolness at times. He has done occasionally. But um, at West Ham, he seems to overrun the ball. I mean, I, I was at the game, but again, I've watched it, you know, on the TV afterwards. And I heard the commentator say, oh, we decided to cut inside. Yeah. Because the, the defender managed to get across him. But the defender, in my opinion, managed to get across him because he overran the ball a little bit. Yeah. I don't think he actually decided to try and cut inside until he made a mistake
1: himself. Yeah. If you look, you mentioned there uh, <coughs> something which is interesting about Marcus Rashford cutting in. He's done it before. He's rolled it past the keeper. Mm. Against Liverpool, he did it twice. Against City in the derby, he did it. You know, these are massive games and he did it mm. a few years ago. Yet now, it's not happening for him. And I just mm. wonder, wonder whether the weight of expectation on him now, he's played a lot of football and everyone expects him, and you can almost feel it. Like Webby was saying when he went through on goal, mm. he, he almost expected him to miss. And sometimes, I think the crowd are not on his case, but you can sense it in the stadium. I don't
2: think anyone's on, it, on his case, to be honest, Jay. No, no, I think,
1: I, yeah. I think that the pressure now with Lukaku going, there's more
2: emphasis on him to do it all the time. And obviously, we know if Martial was playing, that he'd be more, more left. And Martial will be down in the middle. And I think that some people can handle the pressure. I just don't think that he can. And he's, and it's affecting his game. Because we know that goals bring, breed confidence for centre-forwards. And
1: at the moment, he's struggling. So way you look yeah. at and I'll keep going back to this, it seems to me there's a very, been very poor planning around all this. we 100%. Got, we've got, as you've mentioned, <clears throat> Eric, all he must know, he must know, if he's got a striker who he's having to work on his finishing with mm. you can't only be relying on him for mm. goals right mm. Romelu Lukaku I was not a big fan but his record was 42 goals in 96 games I think I'm sure Ryan who knows his stats so mm. correct me if I'm <laughs> wrong which he's almost 1-2 right mm. Anthony Martial who I rate and get, can get goals but again he has his injury problems and you can't rely on him completely mm. and Mason Green was 17 so is this not I'll start with you Rick is this not a, a question of why we look at the manager here and say, I'm not saying only all this nonsense, but should there not have been better planning it than relying on someone who's so. Even if we, I'm Marcus Rashford fan, I can see why there's question marks about him. Mm. Why then is he our main striker in September? In, well, no, just, just in October. In September, why are we relying on someone who we can't be if, sure about?
3: If I'm honest, Jake, it's an absolute disgrace. It is an absolute disgrace. I don't know. I, I'd love to think that these are not all his decisions. And you know people are saying i i 'm not all out i'd love you know t- until it happens i 'm not all out. I want us to go to altmar on Thursday night and win four nil and I want us to go to Newcastle on on Sunday and win two nil and then I want everything to be hunky-dory and keep going forward i can't see it happening. I cannot see it happening so when you talk about planning i I, I spoke a little bit earlier about when you're building a team don't get rid of so many players all at once if you've got an half decent team I know a lot of United fans will say we weren't half decent we were 20 points behind it's only 14, 16 months ago the end of that season we were second in the league so all right, we were 20 points behind City at least we were the best of the rest do you know what I mean? So that team there is not too bad, no matter what anybody says. You know what I mean? Even by our standards, it's not too bad. So you've got you've got to break that down slowly but surely and bring players into it slowly but surely. Once you decimate that squad and bring and in my opinion, got rid of some really good players. I don't I don't know if Herrera had to go. Uh, I know that he wanted a lot of money, but we've we've spent. You know, we've. we've in my, I know people will disagree, but we've spent eighty million pound on Harry Maguire, I'm not convinced Harry Maguire's is better than Chris Smalling. So, we, we, what have we taken in for Chris Smalling? Two million quid or something? Hey, uh, uh, look, even if I'm wrong, I'm not going to. I can't be miles out, and we shouldn't be giving eighty million quid for a centre back who might be marginally better than a centre back that we're letting go for two million quid. Uh, the, the way the way Chris Smalling gets criticised by United fans, you'd think. That we've never kept a clean sheet with Chris Marlin in the team. You'd think that we've never won a trophy with Chris Marlin in the team. You'd think that we'd never won a match listening to some of them with Chris Marlin in the team. Smallin played an absolute blinder in Turin last season when we won in Turin. He played a blinder in Paris when we won in Paris. I don't understand the vitriol against Chris Smalling. I don't get it. Now now then we we were talking about the striking situation. That eighty million That eighty million quid, we could have we could have uh, Raised her air as well. I don't know what he wanted her hair, and maybe we wouldn't. We wouldn't have given him enough. I don't know, but there is players that have
1: left that, that shouldn't have left, and the squad is now nowhere near as strong. Nowhere near. When he, I was looking at this the other day, and um, I think it was it was it in two thousand and sixteen. I might be wrong. Liverpool finished sixth or something like seventh or whatever. Um, and you look at that team that they had, and there is quite a lot of average players in it. The likes of um, Marino, um I don't know, maybe skilled might have still been knocking around. Um the goalkeeper wasn't on I think, was in there. It was a, it was a an average team, you had like Coutinho and yeah. you had storage.
0: when they got to the to the Europa Europa League final. Yeah.
1: But it wasn't that good, but then they started. One or two players came in, one or two players came out. Slowly but surely. And now, you know, the the, the, the we know we all know what we're doing, we don't need to go into all that. Do you see United? Do think United needs to do something similar and think a bit more long term and say like, "Look, this is a three-year plan"? Or do you think because now people, right, we were saying about you know we're not we've sort of decimated the team, whatever. People are asking for five signings in January, which isn't going to happen. But people say we need to bring in loads of players in January, we need to bring in loads of players next summer. <coughs> or do you think we need to say, "Right, let's do this two or three at a time. Let's do this over the next three or four years. Let's just face facts, how far we're behind, and build." Or do you think we can do it quickly?
0: No, you can't do it quickly. I mean, Liverpool's a prime example. When uh, how far I think Klopp came in for two years and he still didn't really do anything. Like you've just said there, they slowly started adding to that team. And now it pains me to say at the top of the league and looking like the best team in the country. Um you can't rush these I mean at the end of the day it is a process. Um it is gonna take long term planning. I think I genuinely think people like Woodward, they do want to do it. I don't think it's a case of they don't care, but I just think he's that inept in trying to do anything like that and so far out of his depth that he just literally can't do it. So, oh, it's just depressing. I and <laughs> we get,
1: you know, you mentioned Woodward there. Um, we have we've, we've spoke about Oli, we spoke about planning, we spoke about all the rest of it. Ed Woodward's name keeps coming up, and there's got to be a reason for it, aren't there, Rick? Sure,
3: I'm. A, I'm a football man. I'm not a businessman. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I'm not sure who makes the decisions. But it, you know, if only if only wanted to get rid of the players that he wanted to get rid of, and if he wanted to buy the players that he's bought, I don't understand why the finger can be pointed at Edward Ed Wood. I don't get it. If I'm, you know, I, I want I want Man United to be the best team in the country. I want us to be the best team in the world. Love them with a passion, and uh, the decisions on the football side of it, that I, to me, like seventy-five percent of them are wrong. It's, you know, and uh, I don't, I don't know how that can be leveled at Ed Woodward. I really, don't. Well, don't get me going. I know
2: what you're saying
0: <laughs> nothing libelous. We had, <laughs> <laughs> we had to do a bit of editing last night when someone started going on about Ed Woodward.
2: No, you, what, what gets me about Woodward is that. People say he brings all this money into the club. He does great and he's a sponsor there, but Christ's sake, he's got the Man United badge behind him. That's the biggest pull of going. Mm. I could go and sell something to someone else. to the Arabs. Yeah, you could because you've got the Man United badge behind yeah, you. Yeah. And he's bringing all this money and He's made all these rec- record profits the other weekend. But surely, today's age, and uh, now the director of football thinks, surely it's got to be a football man. I'll always remember one thing about Woodward and it, it got me going, uh, the Lions were playing over in the All Blacks, and it was one-all, and I got up to watch it because it was one-all, and it was else on. Mm. It was seven o'clock in the morning, I put my telly on, and who's there in the middle of the crowd with a flag, Woodward. <laughs> the transfer window was open, Rick, and he's swanning about waving a scarf, and, it, and it's common knowledge he's a rugby man. So let's get a football man in, surely who understands the game, because like you said, who's making the decision? Yeah. We haven't got a clue. Surely, we're letting Lukaku go, every man knew that he was going. Now, some look. <laughs> he, he certainly did, the <laughs> way <laughs> he acted on social media, he burned his
3: bridges yeah, yeah, before ab- he'd even gone. Absolutely. Yeah,
2: but the thing is, why have we not got a replacement? We know is, he's that going. Wood was
3: fault, is that Woodward's fault?
2: Is that his fault? No, it's his fault. But, but surely we bought Maguire on the Tuesday give 80 million and on a Saturday morning we got 72 of it back so Maguire so 8 million's been spent hasn't it yeah. but for us not to get a centre forward in and then it's, they come up again with that the old man from Juventus I see, yeah. Christ we, we've got to be looking better than that haven't we we're in, we're in su-
3: we're in su- I think we mentioned this yesterday Webby. we're in such a state that almost any striker will do well, we brought, at West Ham we brought Jesse Lingard on That's yeah, we had to- Jesse Lingard <laughs> playing up top you know, for 20 minutes, I, I'm I'm not sure that. Look, look, footballers play football, and in training, the interchange, they're playing different positions on one thing and another. I'm not sure that, I, honestly, this is what I think of Jesse Lingard. I'm not sure that Phil Jones might not be a better option at centre forward. I really mean it. You know, I mean, he's he's that poor, and that's what
1: we've got coming on at centre forward at and West Ham I mean, away. You see, I, I mean, again, I'm not just defending these lines, but I do mm, feel a mm. bit so because I think. Right, Jesse Lingard's not a centre forward, mm. so why is he playing centre forward? It's not mm. Jesse Lingard's fault. No, it's not his fault, <laughs> no.
3: you know. If the manager says
1: to him, You need to go up front because I've got no other strikers, what's he meant? He's not meant to say, you know, No, he I'm, can't I'm say, not, No, he I'm can't not, say, I'm not going no, on. Going on. I'm, I'm down in tools. Mm. So, I get, I get where you know, I get what you're saying about mm. certain players out to the standard in that, those positions, but I think we've got to look above them and think what is going on mm. just before we get them um, to that. So, brought to you today by or oh, in association, as I say, with Profit Accumulator. Now, I'm just going to Explain a little bit about that. Um, Profit Accumulator teach people like you and me um, how to make extra money using a strategy called match betting. Now, it's it's called match betting and it's like if you do it right and the, the proper way, um, you do it correctly, you can't lose. And the best thing is you don't need any experience to get started. So since 2014, Profit Accumulator, they've helped over or they've had over 375,000 members um they've got seven day a week support and they're rated excellent on trust i know a lot of people go onto trust pilot to have a look there and they've got this um they've got an excellent uh rating plus and as an added bonus all of the money you make is, is tax free as well so i think everyone agrees that's a, a good thing so you get to keep it all so just to go through as quickly how it works let's say um a well-known bookmaker like William Hill, Coral, William Hill, sorry, Coral or Ladbrokes or whoever, is offering a £50 bonus for new customers and existing customers. Now, you can bet 50 quid on a, a towing cost for the outcome to be heads and £50 on it to be tails, but you won't win any money on this, but you won't lose any either. However, you've now just made £50 from the sign-up bonus, so that's match betting. Um, so... It sounds a little bit like oh you know this is too good to be true, but it's perfectly legal and it it, it actually works. Um, if you look, have a sort of check on match and It's featured in the Guardian, the Sun. Um, not that we read the Sun, of course. Don't buy the Sun. Um, the Telegraph, the Mail. Again, I'm not really a big Mail fan, but the leading newspapers, shall we say. Um, so using profit accumulator, uh, accumulator, sorry, isn't like a guaranteed way to make you rich. Um, but members, profit accumulator members have made extra money each month. Um and there's been there's been um members that have made over ten grand over an exterior, extended period of time, so they've they've done all right out of it. Um and the good thing about profit cumulator is you don't need lots of experience, you don't need any experience. They literally walk you through it all step by step with their video guides and tutorials, and they've got a great team there to help out on social media as well to give you any advice. So there's a zero obligation, free trial, see what all the fuss is about and earn yourself up to forty five quid in the process. So if you look in our description there's a link there and it's www.profitaccumulator.co.uk forward slash full-time devils check it out there's a, my brother and a few of his mates are into this just going back onto the subjects of management of players coming in and players that are coming out you touched on it and we sort of brushed over it a little bit about maguire coming in and the 80 million we spent on him we also bought aaron mambisaka for 50 million we also bought daniel james for 15 million going up to 18 million on the whole just as an entire turn, because one thing that ollie has been getting credit for is, is the players we've brought in and the, our three best players this season are arguably the three signings we've made. Do you think he's got it right in the signings he's made? I know you mentioned Harry Maguire, Rick, I'll start with you. On the whole, do you think his transfer business has been good so far or do you think because of the Maguire thing, he's he's got a little bit
3: to learn? When when, when I look at, the, uh, at what he's spent, Dan, Dan James is an absolute gem. He's an absolute gem. Um, in fact, if I was to look at the three players... I would have thought Dan James was the eighty million pound player. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, he he he's, he looks like he's got a great chance. That is, there is a little bit of positivity. Um, Harry Maguire's... look look. I've gone in a little bit on Harry Maguire. I, I think there is a bit of frustration on my part, and I just I just don't think Chris Smalling is as bad as everybody said. So I don't think there was a necessity to buy him. Um, so I've gone in. A, he is a thoroughly decent centre back, but that's all he is. He's just a thoroughly decent Premier League centre back. Uh, I think eighty million quid. We've been we've been absolutely found with the amount of money we've spent on him. So uh, so in that respect, no, I don't think that's a good a good signing. It'd have been a good signing if he was thirty odd million, but I don't think he's a good signing at eighty million. Some fans would say to me. Um, what does it matter what we've spent on him? The money's not ours. You hear this, don't you? The money's not ours, and you hear things like um, it's not his fault that that was the price tag. That that's all fine. That might, that's true, but if he was 30 odd million instead, we've got another 50 million to spend on somebody else, aren't we? Do you know what I mean? So I don't think I don't think he's a good signing in that respects, and I'm afraid the same with Wambersack as well. I don't think he's a, I don't think he's. I mean, 50 million per pound for a right back is a lot of money. A lot of money. It's probably the second highest, perhaps. Is it? I think
1: C- City. I think City but Didn't they even <coughs> spend a little bit more on um, Walker? I think we well, was a. Carl yeah, Walker, Mendy as, well. as well. I think they right. did like hundred and twenty million pound yeah. double yeah. swoop. Right. But I mean, I get where you're coming from. But One thing that I sort well, of want to pick up on as well is, well. I always go back me to two thousand and you see, you mentioned when we finished behind City, we finished. 19 points behind City, but we still finished second. Mm. And City went out in that summer and they bought Riyad Mahrez for 60 million quid, wrote mm. their transfer fee, yeah. record transfer fee. Mm-hmm. We went out, we bought Fred for 50 mil, mm. we bought Delo for 20 mil, we bought Lee Grant. Now, mm. those three signings were never going to catch or close the gap on a team that had just finished nine points above us. We had the opportunity there to, to, I think, if we'd have gone out that summer and spent in the right way and spent mm. a little bit more we could have got closer to City we could have got been in the argument with them and Liverpool instead of it just mm. being about them So, do you mm. think now though because we didn't that we are left to make these mad signings I'm not saying mad because I actually think Bambasaka and Maguire are good signings but I get where you're coming from do you think we are now in a position where we are going to have to spend lots of money on players that maybe aren't some of them may not be world class but they're the better than what we've got because we're so far behind we've left ourselves in that predicament it's oh, a tough question. Um, that's why I'm asking you. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
3: <laughs> Anyone can join in. If you, if you really, really, really know your onions in football, there are bargains still to be found. There are bargains still to be found. So, to answer your question bluntly, I don't actually think that you necessarily. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's easy but I don't think you necessarily need to go out and spend millions and millions and millions um, you, you're not going to find too many like this but you might find one or two maybe two But you know, I know we just mentioned Liverpool but look what they're doing now it pains me well, but you've it got pains to be me, honest yeah, you're we're talking about football aren't yeah, we let's <clears throat> be one, and one of their top top players for me who absolutely class and hardly puts a foot wrong is James Milner they're going for nothing
1: it's not impossible. Right, I'll put this one to you, Ryan. Mm, go on. Yeah, there's bargains out there, and I agree there yeah. are. You look at Leicester, for an example of, of transfer policy, of getting in bargains mm. and getting good money mm. from him and, and, and all the rest of it. And as we've already mentioned, the scouts have had a couple of decent signings, like Robert Summers, Pennies and, and Milner. Yeah. Free. <clears throat> Do you think, though, the fans, your young lad yourself, young match-going fan, will give players that perhaps didn't cost as much that they're going to take a little bit of time to bed in because we can't all be like Daniel James and just come in and put a red shirt on and start putting in top performances all the time do you think the fans will be patient enough for that if we did start shopping around the 20 million 25 million mark which is still a decent amount but it's not the top end and it took players a few months do you think the fans are stumbling out or do you think we'd be like no this the, these players aren't good enough we're not spending enough money you know and they'd be uproar. how do you see that panning out if that was the case
0: I think it's uh pretty much modern day football in a nutshell that everything's got to be immediate nowadays I don't think people are afford- they're happy to sit there and wait and wait for something to build me personally if we can go out and get another I know you mentioned Dan James there he's coming and done really well straight away but if we can get a couple more players for that sort of practice I'd be more than happy to just let them settle in obviously introduce a few young lads from the academy as well um, but at the same time I mean Dortmund have come out and said they're going to struggle to keep hold of Jaden Sancho next summer as well, and but that is an area where we are weak on that right hand side. And if a player like that does become available, then I I do want to see us spend big bucks and bring him in.
1: How much can we? Sorry, I'm going to ask you this question because it's something you know quite a lot about. How much can we rely on the youth? Do you think to come in because we I think we're over relying on them at the minute a little bit. Like bringing Mason Greenwood with 18 minutes to try and get a winner when we haven't really got many other options. How much can we rely on some of these younger players? You, you've been watching the 23s. You watch the academy. Do you think there are players in the, in the academy team that are ready to make that step up? Definitely. You
2: know, I watch him, and uh, I think a lot of them now. I think these under 23s is no good for him. They need to go out and play in the men's game. Go out, send them out alone. Like we spoke the other day about Chong. you know, he needs to go out and play week in, week out against men because he was getting pushed off the ball against Rochdale and against. that other mob the week before. You know, these players are are stealing this uh, in, in that under-23s. They need to go out and get a manager? go and get a few of them on loan to Salford or Crewe or someone, let them play and see. They are good enough, the Kid Garner, good enough. You know,
1: big, massive year for... You know, if only we had some connection with Salford, if only there was someone there who (laughs) could maybe make make that broker that deal.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I know, you know what you're saying, Jay, but the, like you're saying, like, Dylan has been in a Welsh setup. you know, Giggs is happy with him and all the players. And he's good enough, if you watch him week in, week out, he's good enough to make that step. You know, for me, I'd love to see, maybe it could have happened against Rochdale, like Garner, and Dylan played as a pairing they do in the reserves week in, week out. And we would have won the game, better than what we had that night in the middle of the pitch, but they need to get the chance you know, whether it's at United now, I don't think so, but they need to get out alone. loan, get them up against men and let's see how they do, but there is there's quite a few kids there who are good
3: enough in my eyes. Well, that's just come back on two little things that have just been mentioned. Um, Chong, very quickly, um, he wasn't quite strong enough against against Rochdale or the Starner, he got yeah, shoved off the ball far too, far too easily. And he's, <laughs> you forget he's, that other mob that's the actual he's 19 Chong is he yes it wasn't until I watched the replay of the match on. The, obviously I was at the game I watched the replay of the match on the TV and found out the player that he was playing against was 16 <laughs> do you know what I mean I didn't know that until I got home <laughs> but anyway that's, that's one thing uh, but secondly you mentioned earlier about uh, giving players who only cost 20 million uh, time to settle in um, I mean plenty of players cost a lot more than that has Fred settled in yet yeah, he was 60 million do you know yeah.
1: what I mean it's interesting to say that because he came on last night and the lad I was stood with he said he, I rate Fred he said I'm, I've got a lot of time for my friend as a player there and I was saying the jury's still out for me, on for him. me. but I'm alright with that I'm alright with giving a player a year I know it's been longer yeah. a year but I don't mind and I don't know if it's because we're mm. not Ryan Ryan present uh, accepted because the company accepted we've seen United mm. through dark times and we've seen us win a lot so we might have a bit more patience in some of the as older fans and I class myself as an older fan. But yeah, I think that, like you mentioned there with Fred and, and maybe one of the two others, I just don't know if they're going to get the chance. To, yeah. Maybe not Fred, he's had a chance already, but they will get that time Ooh. because, as you mentioned, Ryan, modern fans and even modern owners and modern definitely yeah. CEOs or whatever demand instant success. I'm just going to go on about
2: Fred. Obviously, played in Paris last year, thought he was superb away. Played against Arsenal at the weekend uh, after Paris. Give the penalty away, but was great. Then we didn't see him against Wolves. Mm. He didn't want you in the squad. He wasn't injured.
3: He'd left him out. The, the chopping and changing the team that's it's been going on for 20 years drives me mad. Yeah. It drives me round the bend. So you need settle, needs to get settle four to five, the six, seven, eight games
2: on the run, and then we can make a judgement. He's playing two, missing five.
1: So you're talking about settling on a team, <coughs> uh, and... <coughs> We spoke about Woodward, and I'm, I can't stand Ed Woodward. I think he's been a nightmare. You've given him a bit of leeway, I understand where you're coming from. But with Ollie, and his his management, one criticism I've of Ollie, and I'm not getting, into, I'm not saying I'm Ollie out at all. I think we need to back him and stick with him. Sometimes his in-game management baffles me a little bit. What he does during the game, how he tries to change it, I'm not, i have not been really impressed with it. I don't think he's ever. I know maybe I know in Paris he sort of forced to make a change when we. I think we have to start off with three at the back didn't we and that was a disaster. Yeah, an it, yeah, it was. It was shocking. When he changed it, but I think a lot of the time the subs don't really. It doesn't change the game. Game you want them to. I can't mm-hmm. remember. I might be wrong. I can't remember him many making many changes where all of a sudden things have sprung to life. And again, last uh, on Monday night against Arsenal, but Greenwood with what 17, 18 minutes to go, he did it against. Was it Wolves where he brought him on with a few yeah. minutes and Mata yeah. with like four minutes and I just think. I think that's one area that the, you need to the improve. The
3: substitutions really late in the game uh, are a bit pointless. I think. I am, I am a stickler for a couple of things about substitutes. I see, I see managers regularly making two substitutions at the same time. I hate that. I absolutely hate it. Uh, Why? You, well, well, you've only got three substitutes. Uh, first of all, um, if you, if you use two of them, obviously you've only got one left. If, you know, if, if you. Come on, let's be honest. If you, if you make two subs, usually there's more than 20 minutes left in the game, isn't there? It's not often to do it in the last 10 minutes or the last 15 well, look minutes. At, look
1: at the scouts' last mm. season mm. against Liverpool. I know, mm. and it was like we made changes, then we had to because we yeah, had injuries. Yeah, we had then, to, yeah. But then it was like, oh, wow, well, we've only got three subs, and Marcus Rashford's doubling around. So, yeah, yeah I get yeah. where you're coming from there. Yeah,
3: yeah. I, I hate them making two subs at the same time for the simple fact that, that generally, look, look. if there's only five minutes left and you make two subs, that's fine. But. It's generally 20, 25 minutes, sometimes yeah. even half an hour before the end. And I just think leaving yourself with one substitute at that moment is ridiculous. You could, you could end up with a player injured in two minutes <laughs> and you've, you've not got a sub left then. So I don't like making two subs at the same time. And I also, un- unless like in the times of uh, when we used to be in fronting games. Um, when we used to be in fronting games, I don't mind well, what? them. what? Well, we used to, <laughs> used to <being> <laughs> Mate, Do you know that chant? That was, we, are,
1: we're, we, what is it? We often score six, but we seldom score. The lad next to me was sin- singing. We, we never score five. Uh, we never score six, and we seldom score two. I think he <laughs> said. But,
3: uh, but yeah, I don't mind of sub being used. You know, you're leading one nil. You kill a bit of time. You bring somebody on for two minutes. But if you're actually chasing a game. Surely, you've got to give somebody a little bit more time than two, three, four minutes, which this, you've done a few back, times.
1: What do you, do you think Ollie needs to look at that as one area of his game that he needs yeah. to improve? Or well, maybe Mickey yeah, Phelan, yeah. who should yeah. know a bit more about yeah. him playing yeah. with yeah. working Fergie, yeah. has to
3: have a word with him. You just mentioned Greenwood, by the way. I think he got about, was it 17 minutes last night? 15, or 15, or? To, 15 to 17 minutes. Like yeah. Was it 15 minutes plus EG Around time. that, yeah. I don't think that's too bad. I don't think that's too bad for a young kid. I think there's just enough time there for him. To, it was enough time for Ollie. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I think there's enough time there for the kid to get one chance and he did get one shot in but on, on another day he hits that, that a bit better see, this is where me do you know what I mean? because I know
1: what you're yeah, on about yeah, and well, I said yeah. to the, land, the land mm-hmm. next summer, um, I think if he would have been given more time mm-hmm. he might have had a, another chance so he might have been able to have one a bit of a sighter and then he's got get his eye in mm-hmm. so I get, I get what you're it's a difficult one with Greenwood because he's 17 and you can argue mm-hmm. to blue in the face give him more time give him less he's a kid I just mm-hmm. think in general the subs for me i always been a bit meh. I, I think you should always
0: more. be making at least one around the hour mark, mm-hmm. for me personally. I think yeah, I think an hour into a game is a good time to see which way it's going, obviously the scoreline as well. But then an hour hour in, you can sort of see, right, he's having a bad game, can come off. Or it's just simply just to freshen things up and just keep things ticking over as well. So
1: one I, We need to mention him because we've not, and you almost mentioned him a minute ago and it reminded me, I can't believe we've not, 40 minutes in or whatever, we've not mentioned him. Was Paul Pogba now? Again, it's mad because if you went on social media, if you're on Twitter, Rick, but if you went on social, you, I know you are on website. If you go on social media. It's like there's two different players people are talking about because I've seen tweets saying what another another great performance by Pogba. He's surrounded by garbage. He deserves better. And then I've seen other people saying what a waste of money. What a load like, of rubbish. Get rid. of it. It's like I can't. I can't find no it. middle ground. Is yeah. There? It's like you're either you think Paul Pogba's is the greatest player in the history of association football or you think he's the worst there's no like I mean I think he's inconsistent I don't think that's a revelation I just think I think he's a very talented player arguably our best player I just don't think he's consistent enough but looking at it again last night people are either going to say you know build a, build a statue of him or get rid of him what did you make of it because a minute ago you mentioned against Rochdale how um, Garner Ghana could have done a better job and that. I was thinking are we saying that 18-year-old James Garner could have done a better job than an £80 million-pound midfielder? In general, where do you sit on the Pablo situation?
2: I just think that he slows us down. You know, we do We know what his talents are. We've seen that at Juventus and in the World Cup. But for me, he doesn't bring it out. He should be dominating games for United. He has got that talent, but he messes about with the ball. And you know, I look. I hate saying this, but probably one of the best United midfield players I've seen was Patrick Vieira. Five yard passes in the feet. If we've got the ball, they don't score. He's hitting those passes. and
1: when they come off I mean that ball to Giggsy in ninety nine was inch perfect, yeah, wasn't it? It's <laughs> right?
2: But if they come off they look great, but how many times don't they come off? You know, and he ain't saying it again about Vieira. Just in the feet. You know, if we've got the ball and I'm passing the rick, you can't score. And for me, you yeah, I thought he's saying strange. Rochdale, you know, this was like I'm coming back and all just went to Roxdale, he should have been it was useless. He was. He was. He
1: was poor again. It was poor
2: Rochdale. Rochdale. You know, he should be he's a World Cup winner. He
1: should be dominating all no disrespect to Rochdale again. But no good. I mean, yeah, I mean I don't think it's any disrespect to Rochdale to say but, that a World Cup winner should be playing well <laughs> against him. I think even the most ardent Rochdale fan would get that point that you're making. A World but, Cup but winner should be doing okay a bunch, a bunch of uh, yeah. against a team that's for seventy in League One featuring a bunch of kids.
2: I don't know if you made the point you said, Eric, hey, about is it the likes of schools, Beckham? Keane would have been injured, and we played. You made the point yesterday. Yeah, it's spot on point. You me what yeah, you were saying.
3: If, <coughs> if, if, you, if you turn the clock back a few years, if we played Rochdale in the League Cup and say Scalzi had been out injured, and, and now suddenly he's fit, and he's fit for tonight, but we've got Arsenal on Monday. I don't think they'd be bringing skulls into the game against Rochdale. They'd just say, "Give it another four days. We're playing Arsenal. They keep fit. They're fit enough. They're, all this rubbish about they need a warm-up game. They'll have a warm-up game in training. They don't need to play against Rochdale to warm up. So that's all lot of rubbish. Um, so why did he play against Rochdale? And I just don't. I, there's something not quite right for me.
1: Do you think it was Oli saying, making a statement that's to him? Do you, po- you think maybe possible? No, no, I know <laughs> baby. No, yeah, but I think yeah. maybe to, maybe it's Papa. Mm. You know, I want you in this team. Yeah. I want you to go I don't care what's watched though. You're playing I mean, because I'm picking you. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've got no idea. I'm the least no, itk no. person ever. Mm. Unlike Ryan, who's got a, a, a hotline straight to Ollie's office. game on the phone now. If you <laughs> <like>. Yeah, um, <laughs> where do you stand on Paul Papa? Do you think that he is a player we can build a team around, or do you think we have to? I think he he needs to do more. What do you you reckon?
0: Uh, You said something early on, um, which I agree with you 100%. He's probably our best player in terms of talent, but he is far too inconsistent. And in his defence, I think as a team, we're far too inconsistent as well, which doesn't help. And I think (coughs) with Pogba, I think he's almost a luxury player. I think people have a misconception that he's a player that's going to grab the game by the scruff of the neck and do something amazing. I mean, Yeah, he is capable of creating something out of nothing but like I say I just think people are a bit misled into what type of player he actually is because I've never seen him bar the derby in Jose's last full season where he scored the two goals and basically brought us back bar that I've never really seen him take the game by the scruff of the neck he's always added the finishing touches on what's been a good performance me personally I, some, someone might disagree but that's just how I feel about Pop, and I do think some people get daft with defending him. I mean, people have their favourite players. I mean, people. I I'll, I'll like Marshall. I'll defend Marshall to the hilt. Um, Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, with Pogba, you, I think it's almost <coughs> too too easy to criticise him sometimes. But that's just my stance on it. Just before,
1: I mean, we're going to start wrapping up soon. But on the old Ollie out thing, it seems to be Gavin a little bit. I don't know if momentum's the right word, rumblings of discontent, mainly on social media. Granted, I think the fans at the ground are firmly behind him. He got a standing ovation from us in the Stratford on um, Monday night. Sorry. Um, do you think it's fair that he's getting some stick and that people are questioning him? I'll start with you, Ryan, because I can I can understand why someone looking out can see it from his record and, and say, right, OK, and what's going on. Yeah. Personally, I think it's nonsense. I think we need to stick with him. And it's not just because you know, he scored a goal in the... Champions League final but I think this boom and bust thing with managers needs to stop and I think we, if he is going to be given time he needs to be given time even when results are bad but where where do you stand on it Ryan it's and then we'll go round
0: I don't know what people want I mean we've tried big name managers Mourinho we've tried big personalities Van Aal we tried to recreate Ferguson with Moyes and it didn't work we've tried a new approach now and again people just we're almost moaning for the sake yes we haven't been great we're not playing great football but it's going to take time. And anything that's worth... Rome wasn't built in a day, basically. And it's got to... A... It's going to take... If I had a cliché ball, I'd have rang it then. But again, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that one. Um, but again, it's going to... Might... Some people said three years, five years. might even take ten. But we've got to stick with him. Because who else, who else is going to come in? Because Pochettino, he's losing it, It's suppose. Their record since everything went tits up for us. Tottenham's is worse. Rick, <laughs> I, I'm uh, guessing.
1: funnily enough, you might have an opinion on this. <laughs>
0: well,
3: um, I admire Ryan's um, optimism, <laughs> um, and I'd love to be as optimistic myself. But as I said earlier, you really—if you when you go into a football team that's got just a half-decent team, you've got to break it down slowly. And he's—he's has he's gone. To me, he's gone completely the wrong way about it. And now we're in such a position. If a new manager came in now, if, if a different manager would have come in when Ollie came in, they might not have sold Fellaini, they might have given her of the money he wanted, they might not have sold Lukaku. Uh Who else has gone?
1: Sanchez, Sa- Smalling. Damian. Smalling.
3: To, I like Damian, Damian. I think Damien's a proper, solid fullback, me. I, I, after him, um, I mentioned this the other day that I think is a proper, decent player. And what I did keep all the games on, on on the TV. Um I know he, I think he only played once under Ali and he played in the derby. And when when he played in the derby uh, we played like he played like as a third centre back uh, which isn't his position. He's a right fullback and uh, I thought I'll watch that again. <clears throat> and, I've, and I've started watching it. Obviously, you some don't. form of masochism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't, yeah, I haven't got. Uh, to there, I, I, I do know. I do know that he got a bit of criticism that evening for being a little bit slow to get to Sane when Sane scored the second goal. But I like. I like Damien, and I, 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 all I've had time to watch so far is the first half, and I'm going to watch it through. And I've watched the first half of that game only like yesterday or the day before. He, hadn't, he hasn't put a foot young, wrong yet, so I'm waiting to watch the second half. Do you know I, what I mean? I, I get what he can, <laughs> with
1: Damien. I mean, personally, I don't think he was good enough, but I understand you he came. Mm. I think one thing I think was he was on a hiding to nothing, getting brought in for his first game in months on the, in the derby. Yeah, dark. it's not yeah. fair, is it? Like, you know, <laughs> oh, oh, you know, see that lad who's like breaking sprint records, Leo Sane. You mark him, <laughs> yeah, yeah, even though you've yeah. not played since September last <laughs> yeah, year. Yeah. Oh yeah, thanks, Ollie. Cheers for that. And yeah, then, yeah. yeah, and then everyone threw him under the bus. Yeah. Um,
2: Ollie in or out? Definitely him, but I can just see some happening next season. I can just see that he's coming. He's he's got rid of, of the so-called bad apples in the team, who they wanted out, who may be causing a bit of unrest. <coughs> and I think he'll. I think that they'll get. I'm open wrong. I think they'll get someone in.
1: Whoever that be, I don't know. I just. Who uh, though? Go on, because uh, we say this, <coughs> and you could almost see it coming with a manager at United, a managerial change when Moyes when and then Giggsy did his little cut you can see him going for someone like Van Al because he was an experienced man and he was available. You can see it coming. Mourinho, we did a video we never do this on full levels We did a video outside Old Trafford, me and Allison talking about Mourinho being United manager before he'd been appointed because we knew it was going to happen. You know, we said like yeah. he's on his way, it's gonna happen. Yeah, and yeah. we never do that because you can get it wrong. Yeah. We we were so confident like it's a matter of time before he comes in and a month later, despite when the FA cut he'd been brought in with Oli you can sort of see that but who, who's the next one though? Well,
2: the, the word the what word won't go away is Bocchettino now for me. What's he done? He's never won anything. That Spurs has got a great squad. They seem to, I look at that Champions League final last year, lads, and they were there for a day out. They wasn't oh, there.
1: Yeah. They, Don't get me started on that. No, but they was there they for were, a day. They, it was a
2: joke. It was a day out for them. They got to the final, they was waving the scars to the fans. But as soon as Liverpool scored that penalty, they turned it off. Because we knew Spurs, they bottled it. Now, people keep saying he's a great manager, he's done this, he's done that. Don't want a bowl of soup. You know, so who is he out there? You keep mentioning the kid who was at UV. It's still Man United, but obviously whoever comes now they are coming into a right mess.
3: I d I don't think I don't think Pochettino's <coughs> done such a such a bad job at Spurs. I don't think they were Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I don't think there were anything like regular top four finishers till he got the job. And I know they were up and down
1: they under Red finishing the top four, I think, to be yeah. fair. And I think he got it to think. the quarters of the Champions League under him as well. Yeah. they had Yeah, they had some issues, didn't they, going back further, like with Martin Yol and Monday Ramos and all and, the rest I know, of so we the down.
3: I know we want to be better than just looking to finish in the top four. Yeah. But at, it's stepping stones at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. At the minute, if we could if, if somebody could say to me now, Bank, we're going to be in the top four for the next five years in a row. I'm sorry, but I'd take it.
1: Do you think that can happen under Raleigh? Maybe not this season, but do you think if he's given the backing in January, the backing next summer, do you see next season, I know it's shocking that we're already talking about top four finishes next season, I know that, but do you think it it, can happen? It can happen. It's possible. It is possible. But
3: anything's possible
1: in football. I think it's probably more possible if we had a different manager. Do you think he'll get... Forget about the social media side of things because that's not always a, a good, fair assessment thing. Do you think the fans at the ground and the fans in the, in the stadium and whatnot will will stay loyal to him? Yeah, I think right, right till the right till the last. Minute.
2: Well, we do. We managers. No. We don't really have a go got them, did we? You no, know, if no. you're looking for, no. you always remember got a forest on that that mm. Sunday in the FA Cup and it was known as Fergie's funeral best away I've ever been in my life that mm. one in Forest, mm. the 1-0 and we've never really had a goal manager, and I don't think I think Sol if people remember what he did as a player because he played for us as well I don't think like Nick said till the day he goes no one will be against him like in the ground you get the rumbles on social media but they're clowns who don't go clowns who sit behind the desk in the bedroom never been inside Old Trafford plant pots you know so mm.
1: But do subscribe to Full Sound Devils (laughs) if you're uh, one of those fans who's (laughs) unable to get to the ground. Your support is appreciated on the channel. Um, (laughs) There has been, though, even in the ground, though, with Moyes and with Van Al, there was a a bit of Jose Mourinho chanting when when Van Al's dark days. I know the plane banner was a load of bollocks, so I'm not going to go into that, but Moyes... Mm. Yeah, there (laughs) might have been Moyes out chants, but... There was a lot of people screaming abuse towards that dugout yeah, when he was in you, charge. Come on! If off. you look at right, you look at
2: United. All the last managers since Ferger, you want your top manager like your top players, you got to pay dope. All these managers have come for nothing. I think the first compensation was Solsha. Moyes was nothing. Van Gaal was nothing. And Mourinho was nothing. it was a lot of work. Mm. Says it all,
1: done it? I mean, there is a situation here where you could have Pochettino. Very up and down at the minute. Spurs. He doesn't seem happy where he did come available, where that could tempt, and I'm not saying it should, could tempt Edward Rudd and the Manchester United board to look at it and think we've got a manager here who has done a decent job at Spurs, is available. If things go wrong, do you think that could happen? I don't want it to, because <coughs> I'm like you, Rick, I think you should stay with the manager, but I'm talking from a sort of an objective point of view.
0: I think Poch is almost, off to Madrid at the end of this season. I can't see that season down lasting. Um, I think he's going to take a few at Tottenham with him. If you you listen to what's going on at Tottenham, that's not all on poch. There's a few player fallouts and stuff like that. Reminds me of Mourinho at United
1: Poch at Spurs. The the comments he's making I'm not a manager, I'm a head coach. You know, these are players that uh, I've got. You know, I didn't ask for them sort of things. You know. It's over here, but we're going to wrap it up. Before we do, we have can a. what? Sorry, go on, Rick. You we know,
3: had one little thing in about, about whether, whether you're Ollie in or Ollie out? Yeah. This next little run of fixtures we've got, is it six away games out of the next seven? And the home games, Liverpool
1: out of the seven? I, I, talking, yeah, but I
3: think I think six of them. Yeah, I'm not talking about just in the league, I'm talking yeah, about in Alkmaar and Astar and all the rest. Yeah, there, yeah. There. Yeah. Sorry, Partisan partizan, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah,
3: and, and, and Newcastle. It, I think there's a reasonable chance. That we might get one, maybe two wins out of the seven games the way we're playing at the minute.
1: Are you questioning our away record? You know, so. Paris.
3: so and with the home <laughs> game in Liverpool, I said yesterday I'd take a nil nil against Liverpool now, hands down. Uh, I got, you know, I got, I got slagged off for that, like, basically, because we got to win our own games. But look, let's, let's look at where we are and where they are. Um, so I just think in another six or seven games, there might be a lot of people uh, changing their mind.
1: Yes, we know that football can be a fickle mistress. Um before we go, Wally of the week is pretty self-explanatory. A person, a team, anything that you think has been a Wally this week. <coughs> I'll set the ball rolling and I am going to be that bitter guy who is going to say it. The linesman <coughs> who flagged. Why did you flag that when he was 5 yards on the side? I've staggered him on it. I don't get it why why raise your flag. That was the worst flag I've seen at Old Trafford since Skulls and Portal. That's my Wally of the Week. Ryan, who's yours?
0: I agree with you. Yeah. So the words are right out of my mouth. Um, it's not even like it was close. Just it ends any controversy. You he you probably <laughs> would have scored anyway. Yeah.
1: But it just ends the controversy, doesn't it, if you mm. don't do that? I mean, it's I like, get I, you're like, especially in the ground, everyone's like, what the fuck's on that? Man?
0: What's going on there? Well, you're yeah, like, when Arsenal fans start cheering, you're there, giving it the fucking big and throwing it back in the face, and then the whistle <coughs> goes, and then it's. it's come back. Horrible, horrible thing.
3: Yeah. Some of the decisions that you see are mind boggling. I, I was sat in the North stand yesterday, and. Uh, on the far side from me, Dan James was running the ball along the dead ball line. I was standing next to my mate, Big Terry, Webby knows him. Uh, and uh, he tried to cross it, and it hit his standing leg and went out for a goal kick. And the ref gave a corner. Oh, the ref was shocking. Yeah, yeah so, so I'm giving the referee the Wally of the Week. But Kevin Friend, I think it was. Right, now, right. then, now then, I said to Terry that that is his own standing leg that that's a goal kick, and i'm 70 yards away <laughs> do you know what i mean i don't know how close the referee is so I don't i go wrong okay I just had one more thing about that uh, from that corner from that very corner mac should have buried it so this var i hate this var because i know they can't turn it back on corners but where does it end i'd be i'd be proper aggrieved if if if, if it was a clear goal kick given as a corner and
1: then then you get a goal Did the
0: ref not blow his whistle as well when the flag went up no, he didn't know if yeah. he had have done it, would have been. I think people a were saying goal.
1: that in the ground, but no one could. That was Chinese whispers, I thing I've, I've watched it on the TV this morning because well, if he does blow his whistle, then surely that's yeah. the end of that yeah. conversation. He had, he had you you can't get players yeah. to physically yeah. stop because you are blowing a whistle. Well, and it happened so quick, yeah. I mean, it happened
3: so quick, didn't it? Yeah, it was, so, well, there's two it was, sides you should
1: yeah. always play to the whistle. Mm. But See, I was confused, cause I thought they kept the flank down, even if they thought it was offside, they're supposed to, and then they go to VAR. Like, remember. City against Spurs, where they had the celebrations and yeah. all the rest of it, because he flagged it up, so no one questioned it. But then someone was <coughs> telling me the Champions League different from the Premier League. I don't know, it's all.
3: It's, it's worked mess. against us once already this season. Um, Wolves away in the last couple of minutes. There's a ball slipped through the inside left, left channel to Marshall. Uh, again, I was at the game. Um, I couldn't tell exactly whether he was offside or not at the game, but I've watched it again. And he's clearly onside the puts his flag up, the referee blows. Now, he's got a man up against him, but Marshall actually got onto the ball, and you know how tricky Marshall is. He's got the ball at his feet in their penalty area with a couple of minutes to go. Do you know what I mean? And the flag goes up, and and it's the liners. You know, we might have got a goal out of that if the liner want to put his flag up. You never know. And we will never
1: know. If you're
0: offside now, you might as well just shoot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Not for the off chance that it goes in. Unless you're over over Van Persie in the new camp. (laughs) but he got sent off for it.
1: Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it seems a bit... I don't know. It's a bit like Brexit, VR, uh, in my opinion. It's causing more dramas than it was worth. It wasn't that bad before, if, we, uh, yeah, if yeah. we're being honest. Yeah. Right, Webby's yours. Kevin Friend, was it yours? Yeah, absolute plot, Pop. <laughs> end of story. Stop sitting on the fence, tell <laughs> what you're thinking Absolutely. about. It. It's yeah, for if, you. if you look
2: at all the game, there was a, a period from about, say, 25 minutes of flight where the game just went flat. Stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. And that was him. Just need a stupid, stopping the game.
1: There was one point where. He, he gave it, he, I think Dan James went Limmel's, over.
2: Phil Limmel's mate, best mate. Ooh, it yeah, I was not no, Phil. Right, yeah, let's not start yeah, no, getting Phil's into yeah, like yeah.
1: personal that. things here. Um, But no, there was one point where I think Dan James got upended and uh, Kevin Friend looked at the linesman, the linesman didn't signal anything, and he seemed to sort of look around like... Yeah, I like that. And They just gave the goal kick. And they're like, looking to the gods for help, <laughs> like yeah. there was going to be some sort of inspiration <laughs> from above as United fans were <laughs> screaming at him. And... Um, Guys, it's been a really enjoyable podcast. It's been about an hour now. We've just, well, we've not even got down to the um, the nitty gritty of the Altmark game and the uh, Newcastle game.
0: But, you know,
1: we we always win away from home, so we're, 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 we're confident about <laughs> that. Now. We don't need to go into all that. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we have got um, a deal with Profit Accumulator, so go and check them out in the link. Uh, there's a link in the description, sorry, um, forward slash full time devils. You can. Um, Yourself some money if you fancy a floater, you like to have a, a bet on the on football, then or anything else. Check them out because that's a really good offer there, where you can sort of help yourself make some make some money off your football knowledge. Um Guys, thanks for joining us. It's been Webby, it's been great to see you again as man. always. Rick, first of many appearances, I think this will be. Um And Ryan, the same for you as well. With, uh, it's brothers. been great having you on. It's like you know, different generations, <laughs> <that are> different <laughs> perspectives. I think we can say. Good. um <laughs> As always, thanks for listening. Check us out on Spotify, Audio Boom, iTunes. <coughs> give us a rating, give us a subscribe. Obviously, we're on YouTube as well if you're watching. So don't forget to subscribe there. We've got some good, <coughs> big interviews coming up. Talking about strikers coming in when we need a striker. There's a striker a few years ago who came in, Mr. Henry Larson. And we've got an interview with him coming up on the channel, oh, which he's God. really candid as well. He's really open. It's great stuff. Mac went over to Sweden to speak to him. Um, so that's coming up soon. We've got another big interview as well coming up, so I'll tell you about another time. So I've been Jay. These have been the guys. Thanks for watching and listening. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.